Whether you're reading it for the first time or the hundredth, you will always find something new within the words of John's Gospel. While simultaneously being the easiest to read for new believers, the Gospel of John is a beautifully woven masterpiece, loaded with deep theological insight that only the closest of Jesus' followers could express. In this book, we'll explore many themes like light versus darkness, life and death, and what it means to be born again. As stated by John, the purpose of this Gospel is to convince the readers that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that if you believe in Him, you will have eternal life. Join us as we embark on our journey through John's Gospel. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. Alrighty. Okay. So we are diving into this new episode, episode 11. 11, wow. Yeah, we've we've come quite a quite a long ways so far, and we have still a bit of ways to go. I think we have uh, plotted out like twenty five or twenty six episodes, so we're we're almost to the halfway point. I've so enjoyed this. Yeah, thus it's far. been it's been really really good, and I think after the Gospel of John, we're gonna dive into John's epistles, mm-hmm. um, first, second, and third John. You got to. <laughs> yep, because it's all woven together. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but yeah, we are almost halfway through John's gospel and, um, and we're, we're, we're just chugging along. Um, but the last podcast, if you remember, um, we covered a lot of stuff. Um, you know, Jesus was at the feast of booths. Um, and then he interrupts and is like, you know, I am the, the living, the living water. Right. Um, but we're picking up on an interesting part and this is specifically um they have it slotted weird the way that they have the chaptering because you know as we know the writers of the bible didn't write chapters or verses they just wrote it as a whole letter Mm -hmm. and then people came later and uh separated it out but um so what 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 it is it's it's actually technically um chapter 7 verse 53 um, and we're covering through chapter 8, verse 30. Um, but there's a specific section, if you're looking in your Bibles, if you're following along while you're reading, you're going to see verses 53 through um, chapter 8, verse 11, you're going to see brackets around it. And you're going to see a note saying this was not included in the potential original manuscript of John's Gospel. So it was added later. Um, but it was still a work of John. So they put it, they chose a place to put it in, um, where they saw fit. So some people like, well, this doesn't belong in the Bible, uh, where some people say it does, you know, I'm under the category where it's like, if it's in there, it's God's word and it's meant to be where it's at. Right. Right. Um, so, but that's, that's why you see brackets and that's why some Bibles actually omit this, Hmm. uh, because it wasn't originally in the, um, yeah, the original Manuscript the caught in the act of adultery was in other gospels. So yes, it was in other gospels. So that's why they saw fit to put it in there. Yes. Yep. That's correct. So it was a different point of view of what happened. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. You see a different <clears throat> a different side of it. Right. Um. So, but I believe it's supposed to be in here because yeah, take it know, as it is. Yep. Take we we're gonna just take it as it is. Um. Oh. Just just wanted to get that preface out of the way because there are some scholars that believe oh it doesn't it doesn't belong in there but some scholars say it does so. You know, I'm just taking my weight on it. So, thanks. But yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're gonna kind of just start by reading as we always do, and and we'll kind of um, interrupt throughout the way. 
It says this. They went to um they went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat down as he taught them. The scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commands us to stone such women. What do you say? So I want you to take note for a moment that this was in front of everybody. Jesus was in the temple. He was teaching publicly. And then they decided to bring this woman who was caught in this act of adultery in front of everybody. Right. Right. What they typically would do is they would, you know, hold a um, like a almost like a court session where they would judge her accordingly and then have her sins um, reprimanded in public. But they were coming not just to shame her in front of everybody, but to put Jesus to shame because they were testing him to see what he was going to say and what what the verdict was. And so they kind of, you see this, this notion that the religious leaders are trying to bring condemnation right. onto this woman and onto Jesus. And if you think about it today, there's a lot of different things within religion that brings condemnation to people. God says that, you know, that w- through me, you're not condemned, you know, but as you can see, the religion is trying to place this condemnation on this poor woman. And you got to think there's two people that's caught in the act of adultery. Right. So why aren't they bringing the, the, the guy involved? You know? Well, the women were considered less, the lesser of society yeah, but anyway. <clears throat> the Mosaic law says that you're supposed to stone both people who are caught in adultery. So why are they just bringing the woman? Because they, if he was truly the man of God and a God-fearing man, he, they, he would have said accordingly to the Mosaic law. But Jesus thus being the son of God as he is, mm-hmm. steps out of the box of where people are comfortable and says, this is what, this is what needs to happen. Right. And he's, he's changing the status quo. He's changing the way that they see things. Right. right? And this has been Jesus's ongoing mission is to change the way that things operate within the religious structure. And so they bring this woman caught in adultery and they they ask him in front of everybody, and it says in verse 6, they said this to test him, mm-hmm. so that they that way they might bring charges against him. But, check this out, Jesus bent down to the ground and started writing with his finger on the ground. Mm. Now, the Gospels don't say what he's specifically writing. We don't know that. No, not exactly. No. We can assume. We can assume, um, but... Uh, but but there is no known record of what Jesus wrote down on the on the ground. And then verse seven, it, it it says to him, they continued to ask him, and he stood up and said to him, "Let him who is without sin among you, be the first to throw a stone at her." Mm. So Jesus is implying implying that everybody that is around her has fallen short of God's glory at some point in time in their life, which is a true statement. In my life, you know, I know that I have, I have sinned before, right. and I'm, I'm sure you have as well. Absolutely. And so he's, he's bringing this out to say, guess what? Every single one of you deserve this punishment. Well, <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of things that happen in the church today. It's sad that you, we say that because we like to say, I mean, personally, I, I feel and believe that the the lesser of the chaos and and confusion and backbiting should not be in the church as it is in the world. 
And so, but unfortunately, these things do go on in churches, and you have people still judging their mm. own. Yeah. To make a spectacle or to say, you're wrong, I'm right, to, to try to prove a point. Yeah. And so they, you know, unfortunately, they're, they're choosing the Son of God without sin. You know, he, he gets alone with the Father to do the Father's will. So he, Jesus is only doing what the Father enabled him to do. Exactly. And so yet they still question the validity, the validity of, of why, you know, why are you doing this? So let's make sure if he's truly, if he really is what who says he is, he should answer this way. But see, he doesn't. Right. He, he goes about this whole scenario in a different play. And don't you see how people today, unfortunately, and I don't, I'm not trying to just pick on people itself, but can't you see where <laughs> it gets to the point where there are people today, even within the church community, that they're so so set on a mm. certain thing, right? You know, God never changes, but we must change, right? Yep. In order to conform to the ways of God, yeah. And if we don't change, we've talked about this before yeah. in a podcast, Pastor Aaron. You can either be <clears throat> the boat that goes along with the river of war- streams that's the current's going, or you can throw a, an anchor and hold you where you mm. are while everything passes you by. That's right. And and I don't want to be that no. one, and and so they they're trying to get him in a place where he's wrong, they're right. Right. Why do we do that? But but I want you to notice something that also that they're doing. They're taking the place of God by being judge. Correct. That's not that's above their pay grade. Right. In fact, they're judging the judger. Right. Jesus is the judge. Yes. In the, in the final days. And and that's and that's that's a key for this whole entire um, section that that we have section office. We notice them taking the place of God by condemning her and judging this woman. Now, now as we read on, we'll see that Jesus never condoned her actions. Mm-mm. He never said she was okay in doing what she's no. doing. In fact, he said, now go and sin no more. That was a demand. <clears throat> right. But I want you to notice that if Jesus, which he did, if Jesus was doing everything that you know God commanded him to, Correct. but God also commanded Moses to write the law, Right. Jesus is coming. It's not that he's changing God, but now he's saying the righteous judge is on the scene. Right. Because God did tell man to judge for a time. Right. You know, and but then Jesus came. Right. And now that the perfect everything. judge and it changes everything. Now, we don't have to take that role of judge and condemn people. Now, God does. So, Jesus does. So what they, what he's doing is changing their point of view of how they see the Mosaic law <clears throat> now. Because the law, they know Moses commands, laws commands this. Stone right. the woman. Right. Which really stoned the man and the woman. They yeah. choose to stone the woman. Yeah, it's gotten it's skewed. It's always yeah. the woman's fault. It mm-hmm. was since the beginning well, there's of two time. Parties. There's two parties of to that. Of course, of course. <clears throat> but yet yet they they try to catch him. That's why verse 6 says they, they, they were set out to test him. And so they can put charges mm-hmm. against him. Yeah. So that no matter what he did, they, he was in the wrong. Yeah. I mean, I've dealt with people like that in the past. No matter what you do and how you're well you do wrong. it the way they want you yeah. to do it, you're still wrong. Yeah. There's still always something. And and nobody can be happy anymore. Nobody can love with each other through it all. It's all it's easy to point the finger and point out the problem, but they're not a part of the solution. But it's just like how Jesus said in Matthew, you know, you're so worried about the speck in somebody else's eye, but you don't see your own sin in your own eyes. Oh, well, yeah, I don't. I, how can I? I don't sin, right? Right, right, right. You know, and <clears throat> I just think if we get the mind of God, 
Right. Had they really been doing what they're supposed to have been doing, more worried about the relationship of God than the law. Yeah. Because if you can, if you maintain the relationship, you're going to fulfill the law anyway, because your heart's going to be steered towards it. Right. And if you're worried about the law, I mean, when I grew up, I grew up in the mainline, um, the mainline holiness movement, at my younger age, and um, it, 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 you know, we things you couldn't do and you shouldn't do, and and it, and I couldn't keep up with it all. It was so many rules, I couldn't keep up with it. But, but you know how you know they they have people who study the law, just like if you look in our Congress and Senate, yeah. there are people who study the law, even in our denomination. Yep. There's people who know the, the law, bylaws, the bylaws of the, of the, of the of God, correct. Yeah. So, so you know, there's so make sure you're doing it the what you're supposed to be doing it. Right. Not everybody is a scholar of the law. Right. And so, so therefore, they're testing his knowledge, mm. and and, yeah. and judge. They're already ready to stone him. Yeah, because they were already looking for something to bring against. They him. They had the stone in the hand already. Yep. Yep. Not just really so, for her, but so for now, him. yeah, I was gonna say now, now that you know, if he said something wrong, they were probably gonna say, "Let's stone him," because they're actually, you know, that that is a a viable thing that they could have done they they were actually i think they were called to stone false prophets mm-hmm. back in that day well think about it that's why they didn't bring the man somebody had to take the place of the man who committed adultery with a woman yeah so and he was so the here's, here's my thing is how did the pharisees know was it a sting mm. did they set up something how did they know mm. that she was who caught her in the act of adultery was it the pharisees yeah who's going in looking at windows that's creepy you know what i mean think about that <laughs> Who's going in there looking at the windows? Oh, he's not having sex with his wife. She must have done something to him to made him had made him do that. Well, mm. yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's a whole different ball game. That's a whole different. Ball but game. it's like you know, they they brought her to Jesus. Yeah. When she was caught in the act of it, so they must have been the ones that caught her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just just logically connecting the dots there. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Why were they peeking in people's windows? You know what I'm saying. Whomever. And 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 they have priests, and it's a fact written in in Josephus's history because he's he's written written a lot of things. It's not it's 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 extra biblical things, but it's historical documents. There were priests who actually had intercourse with temple prostitutes in Jesus' day, oh. back in Eli. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Samuel's day yeah. with, um, I forget his name, the guy who, Eli, right? Mm. And his sons, they were having uh, sex with uh, temple workers too. So he's saying... defiling God's house yeah. because of it. And, and so he's saying, listen, everybody here has committed some sort of sin against the, uh, against the law. Everybody here deserves death. Well, Pastor Aaron, my sin isn't as, as grievous as the committing adultery. I mean, I may have lied and I may have cheated things out of God's hands that should have been his and I just didn't do it. I might, you know, but mine's not as grievous as that. But here's the thing that we have to understand is the Bible said that all sin, all sin. separates us from God. Right? All mm-hmm. sin keeps us away from God mm-hmm. regardless. So, meaning when sin separates us from God, it, it keeps us held back. Right. And us not wanting to be in that relationship. And we can see that clearly with the Pharisees. Yeah. They were steeped in their own desires, their own prideful ambitions, which kept them away from Jesus. Jesus was beside of them the whole time. But their 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 arrogancy, 
kept them from going to the feet of Jesus. Well, the, the like you said, the pride, arrogance that that was, you know, you notice that they had to come in groups because to do it by themselves, they didn't have enough confidence. Mm. There's there's power in numbers. They say yeah, they needed their posse to yeah. to, to back them up. So so that's that was their groupie that said, "Come on, yeah, we should do this. Yeah, let's do it." But really, you know, if you're doing the right thing, you don't need a group of people to stand behind you patting you on the back saying, yeah, yeah, man, you're doing the right thing. Keep on, keep on, keep on. Right. No. You, if you're doing what God's told you to do, you don't need 5, 10, 20, 30 people to back right. you up. And, and and that's the thing. It's like Jesus was able to shut down the groups of yeah. Pharisees, wow. not just one-on-one. He was able to completely shut them all down because, look, it says he bent down mm-hmm. once more after he said this and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Verse 10, Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Let me ask you something. What came first? The no condemnation or the or the or the go and sin no more, right? The no condemnation came first. But wait a second. Just minutes earlier, wasn't she caught in the act of adultery? And Jesus doesn't condemn her? Wait a second. So Jesus is actually loving and caring mm. and and he doesn't condemn people? Wait, wait a second. So John 3:17 is actually true. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn, but to save. Well, even it, Romans eight one says uh, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Right. So if if we are in Christ, though we have done wrong, He's not going. I mean, they were saying, "Don't kick them while they're down." Right. They already know they're wrong. You right. know what I mean? And so <clears throat> I think we're living in a day where that's that's the taboo way to do it you know you know you're wrong i mean i can go down a list but we we have to be have a love of god for the people and when we judge people and condemn them before we even know them or understand or understand why they are the way that they are that's wrong people are always afraid of what they don't know right and he jesus never said you know you know what you're doing is okay, and, and but he he said I don't condemn you, but now go and sin no more. Do not sin don't anymore. Feel the shame. Don't be shameful and go. Don't engage in God. Don't allow the condemnation to stack right. up on you. And and the religious system teaches us, you know, that we have to work our way out of condemnation. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He doesn't condemn us, nope. even even right after we sin. Yep. And it's the goal is not to sin, obviously. That's the goal, right? You know, we have to try our best to abstain from sin. And, and I think it is possible to completely abstain from sin um, with the help of Christ Jesus. But we're never going to get to the point of go and sin no more until we realize that Jesus doesn't condemn us. Yeah. But he does convict us, and there's a big difference. Yes. Conviction is what is lost in the body of Christ today. Right. And when we get our when we get our eyes off of God and get our eyes on the performance in mm, church, yeah, because it is. I mean, it's easy to perform. It's easy to get with the same group of people who believe like you, worship like you, um, reason like you, and, and and I'm not saying all the same, but similar. 
it's easy to have that backing and to go with the flow of response. But really, we have missed the conviction where God says, hey, I love you, but you can't keep doing this. Right. That's what a loving father does. I mean, that's what Jesus even said to the woman, essentially. Pretty much. I love you. Now go and stop doing Just what you're stop doing. stop it. You don't have to keep doing this. And, and here's the thing. We can be free from sin. Yes. We can. We can get to the point where we don't have to struggle with sin anymore because we understand that we're not condemned and that Christ loves us. And then we have to think to ourselves, this, this is the process of me. It's like, you know, I know that I'm not condemned by God. I know that he loves me. So I have to do everything in my power not to offend the love that he has for me. Not to take the love that he has for me for granted. Will he allow us to sin? You know, he's going to let us do it. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's consequences to sin, obviously. Natural consequences as right. well. And, and obviously the ultimate consequence of sin is eternal death. But here's the thing. If you are in Christ Jesus, you should no longer have the desires right. to offend God. Right. And, and offending God is also... Um, offending your brothers and sisters and the Lord. Right. They said that they will know you by your love. And just the audacity of these men, these Pharisees Mm. approaching Christ was stating that I'm right, you're wrong. Right. And I'm going to show you why you're wrong. and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. And then I'm going to stone you because you're wrong. Yeah. You understand? That's how people reason these days, though. And, and and that thing and see I, I I you hear me do this a lot those who's been faithful listeners this is the entitlement that we see yeah today I, you're gonna hear my voice you're gonna hear what I'm saying and you're gonna listen and you're gonna accept it and you're gonna follow it but the problem is every single person makes mistakes absolutely every single person you know has flaws. Mm-hmm. But you don't want anyone else to criticize you for your flaws and mistakes. No. But we're so quick to throw the stone at somebody yep. else. Ab- absolutely. It's easy to do that because it re- it deflects off of you. you know, it means the eyes and fingers aren't pointed to you. <laughs> it, and that's why people jump on the bandwagon so easily when, oh, yeah. when somebody starts pointing out one bad Because thing. they hate the bad within themselves. Right. And so they think that they're giving somebody else justice by convicting the person so let's bring this to reality. I mean, uh, one of the powerful men of God uh, in our in the East Coast is Carl Lentz. You know, mm, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying bad about him because I'm not. Yes, that probably should not have happened. But but how many times? I mean, because that documentary came out about Hillsong. Yeah, and watched it. It was it was sad. It was sad, and yeah, you know, I remember watching Carl Lentz when he was playing for NC State. <laughs> but. Uh, it was sad, but know this. How many people praying for him? Exactly. Because God anointed him to do a great work. And if we're not careful, any one of us can slip. Right. And so here, if you and put... And you have all these people throwing stones, stones at Carl Lentz right now. I remember watching that documentary, and you got people upset. Are you worshiping God? Or are you worshiping man? And here's the thing. We're not condoning his actions. No. We're not saying it's a good thing that he did that. No. He, he, he is wrong yes. for doing that. But here's the thing. Where's the forgiveness in the church? Well, the Bible Why are we all Pharisees and throwing stones on. at this guy? Well, the Bible says the gifts and calling are without repentance. That means he might have done wrong. Then because God doesn't condemn, he convicts. Right. 
You understand? He convicts in order to change. We don't know how many warnings that guy was trying to deal with him right. beforehand. But we do know this, what's done in secret come out and open. It yeah. came out. But now we must be praying for those falling leaders, whether it be Carl I mean, Lentz, don't let him lose his faith. Right. Like, keep him And if God can restore prayer. the family, let's, listen, let's if, God, if God can restore David, Come on. King David, who had an, an affair, affair and, and a he, baby, and a baby, and he killed Bathsheba's husband. Boy, it was battle. all rolling around. <laughs> let me tell you something. If God still used David in his older years. Yep. And raised his children. Yes. Solomon. Yes. Even Solomon kind of did his own thing. Yeah, but, but then he brought he came back at the end. Yeah. I mean, but still, here's the thing. People are going to make mistakes. Now, does it make it right? No. But do you make mistakes too? So we must, as God's people, not put God's men on a pedestal that we, we worship And we don't see man. them as people. That's the thing. We don't see them as people anymore. Just like these Pharisees, they didn't see her as a person. Right. They saw her as a sinner. Well, look at look at the singers, the worship leaders, or the Christian artists. You know, some of them. I remember growing up listening mm. to some of these, and they've had affairs and all this stuff, and yeah. then the church just kind of cut them off. Yep. No restoration process. Nothing going on. I mean, even right. in our denomination, there's a restoration process. Yeah. Really. And so, and so, but when do we literally say, you know, I love you, you know, you didn't do right, but we're going to help you get back on track. Yep. And here's the thing, guys. Carl Lenz is a soul. A soul. Brian Houston is a soul. Anybody out there in the Christian world that's fallen, it's a soul. Again. It doesn't matter. No. If they've made a mistake, everybody does. We're not condoning that. It's a good thing. But they're a soul. But we can't be like the Pharisees who are carrying the stones, mm. waiting, waiting to throw the stone, waiting to hit somebody else. When do we help a brother in need? Mm-hmm. When do Samaritan, we lift them up? The good Samaritan. Right. The The Pharisees passed him by. Yep. yep. The religious leaders passed him by. Come on. We need to be the church that comes together and helps our brothers and sisters out when they fall. I may not have liked the style of Carl Lentz, some of the things he started bringing out, but God was using his personality right. to reach a lot of people. Right. And, and you know, there's no perfect ministry, but when are we going to be willing vessels? <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank God. Thank God for those men and, men and women who are out there and who will have greater influence than most of us. Right. And that's not a bad thing. Right. But it's, it, it, you know, we can easily, anybody can easily get caught up in the, yeah. in the trapping. Anybody can. Yep. So in that moment, what would Jesus do? Come on, let's talk about you it. You know, would he cast the stone or would he bend down and write something mm. in the ground? Mm. He's, he, his ways are higher yes. than ours are. Yes. And we have to reason and realize that, you know, if we lack love when judging a brother, then we're no, we're just as bad, if not worse as what they mm-hmm. did. Because we are not showing love to that brother or sister that's in need and they're hurting. Yeah. And, and it's so easy to sweep it under the rug and say, that's all demonic. It's not of God. <laughs> you know, they were, they were doing things that shouldn't be and. You know, they're not really worshiping God the way they should be. But guess what also is demonic? When you talk bad about your brother and sister of Christ. Mm-hmm. Come on. When you go behind people's back and, and start, you know, 
posting things and and being and being mean and rude to people behind their back that's is a sin james 4 11 tells us this do not speak evil against each other dear brothers and sisters if you criticize and judge each other each other then you are criticizing and judging god's law mercy so, so the critical, it's the critical spirit. Yes, having a critical spirit where you criticize well, everything I'm is wrong. I'm just helping people to see no, right No, you're not helping, you're hurting you're people. Cri- you're criticizing by being critical. Yes. You know, even Jesus says in Matthew 30, 12, 36, where he talks about how on the day of judgment that, that people will have to give an account every careless and useless words mm. they speak. And, and so we got to be careful how we speak. The Bible says you can speak life or death. Yes. Are we speaking life to people who are feeling dead? Mm. Oh, are we speaking dead to people and killing them with our words? Mm. You can murder people's reputation just your That's very right. words. Yep. You're I absolutely mean, right. Even words have caused people to commit suicide on social yes. media. Church, we got to be careful That's what right. we're doing. Yep. We can't judge people anymore. That's Jesus, not our job. Jesus is the only righteous judge out there. Now, and if he didn't condemn this woman, why should we? Now, the, the Bible does talk about when there's a leader that's in wrong, you have to remove them. But he didn't say condemn them. No. I mean, remove them. I mean, stepping down was the right, right logical thing to move do. for Carl Lentz to do. Now, he shouldn't be down from this no. point forward. Stop bashing him. Stop. Pray for the man. Pray for him. And his family, yes. his children. My gosh. Man, that's hard. That is hard. I can't imagine. Going through something like that. Well, I pray that if somehow Carl Lentz ever listens to, <laughs> to this podcast, yeah. we love you, brother. We're praying for you. Yep. Yep. Mm. But, man. I've never been a Hillsaw big fan <laughs> anyway, but I feel for the ministry. I mean, even as a young man, I heard Jim about Jim. I was alive when Jimmy Swaggart went down, when Jim, Jim Baker, Baker went down. You know, you know, all this thing going on. Jerry Farwell, Jerry Farwell right. had his moment. Not in an adulterous way, but money-wise. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. It's the same. It's, it's the same. Sin, sin. Yeah. yeah. You know? So so I, I, my, my heart goes out to yeah. those men and women who do fall. Mm. And and the Christian world just knocks them down. They're, they're like the Pharisees with the stone. Oh, we're going to kill you now. We're going to kill your reputation. You'll mm. never do anything like this ever again the rest of your life. You don't deserve it. Who are you to judge? Right. That's right. That's a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the only righteous judge. I'm I'm gonna let it up to him. Yep, I'm, it's not my I'm job. Gonna, I'm gonna love. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say what God calls me to say. And let the Holy Spirit convict. Let the Holy Spirit not do us what condemn. He does. Nope. There's a difference. There's a difference between love mm-hmm. and anything else. And Jesus is the perfect embodiment of that. Yep. I mean, quite honestly. And we're going to love our enemies and bless yep. those that curse us and do good to them that spitefully use us and yep. take advantage of us. I mean, that's biblical. Yep, we have to. We have to. We have to. It's their problem. That's what we're called to do. Absolutely. We're not called to judge. Nope. 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 So, <clears throat> continuing yep. on. Go ahead. Verse 12, it says, Again, I spoke to them. Again, I'm sorry. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have life. Mm. So I want to pause for a moment and say that when Jesus said that he is the light of the world, Isaiah actually wrote that Israel was going to be the true light of the world. But the Lord's anointed servant will bring God's truth and justice to the world and die a cruel death in order to achieve this goal for Israel. So Jesus is saying that I am that person. Mm. But that's a no-no to them. Right. They don't like people saying that. 
right? Because that's the Messiah. Yeah. And if you claim to be the Messiah, then you're blaspheming, and then right. you know, death comes to you. That's what the Pharisees believed. But when Jesus was saying that I am the light of the world, it's tying back to that Isaiah prophecy of of Israel becoming the light of the world through the one person who is going to die a cruel death and bring justice to everything, which that's what Jesus is alluding to, that I am that person. So I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have life. And so here's the thing. We... When, when we have Christ within us and we follow him, he yep. illuminates our path. Yes. Psalms 119 one, uh, verses 105 says, Your word is a lamp yes. unto my feet and a light, light unto mm-hmm. my path. Psalm 43 3 says, Oh, send out your light and truth. Let them lead me. Mm. We as Christians must be led by the light. Well, wasn't the Israelites led by cloud by, the, by day and fire, fire by, by night? night. So, yep. so the, the, he has to lead us. At yep. all times. At all times. And we have to be open to be led. Right. Even in areas you don't think you belong in That's right. and going towards. Yep. Let him lead you through it. Yeah. And and so we have to follow him. Mm-hmm. And what's the best way to follow him? Just put all of your preconceived yes. notions aside. Yes. And say, Jesus, I'm following after you. Well, it may hurt, but and I'm it coming. and it may not make sense to me. It didn't uh-huh. make sense to the Pharisees nope. why Jesus didn't condemn this woman. Uh-huh. But if I'm following Jesus, and I'm following His actions, and I'm loving like He does, that's all that matters. We have to be that light that illuminates people. It exposes sin sometimes in a loving way. Yeah, but not it, condemning. It brings them into life because right. light equals life. Correct. The light of life. Verse 13. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. If your testimony is not true. And then Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true for I know where I came from Mm. and where I am going. But you do not know where I'm come from, nor do you know where I'm going. And so and so it's it's clear that, number one, the Pharisees don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is rebuttaling with that. It's like, you know, you don't know my father. You don't really know God. You you say that you know God, but your actions don't s- s- agree with what you're saying. Your actions should bear witness to what you say. Well, it's not works that saves us. It's faith. Right. And 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 and, and I've, we've cleared this up some episodes ago. It's not the religion that's the problem. It's the tradition that we put in religion that's the problem. Right. And if sometimes the tradition gets in the way of your relationship with the Lord, that that therein you, you, it blinds you and deafens you from mm. from God's voice right. and God's direction, and and so therefore that's why Jesus is the light. He's the way, the truth, mm. and so so yeah. he brings he enlightens us to his truth. He helps us to see what we cannot see and right. helps us to know what, what we should have known but don't. That's he right. gives us, he illuminates that path for us. Yes. That's that's his testimony should be our testimony. Right. Yeah. And and that's the thing it's like, you know, if we are who we say we are, if we mm-hmm. are Christians, right. our life should bear witness to that though. And what does that what does that look like? What does that mean, right? <coughs> it means that that we should let him be who he is. Amen. And let him be the judge. We can't keep on condemning people. We can't keep on showing hatred to people. We have to be, walk in love. The Bible even says walk in love. And and not put God in a box. Right. You know. Stop limiting God. And we do that often and yes. we do it unconsciously. Yeah. 
I mean, we are even though we are conscious, I think our subconscious, we're not aware that we're putting God in the box. We put such high demands. Look, we even put such a high demand on people, right? That they can't live up to the yeah, standards we that we put set. on them. Correct. And then we get disappointed. When are we going to just let people be who they are? Yeah, let churches be who they are. Yeah. If if they sing all hymnals or sing all contemporary, and if they're wrong, matter. if if they're wrong, why are you calling it out? Mm, why do you feel the ne- the need to? It, well, it, Pastor, we have an obligation, don't we? Well, how about this? Let's pray for people who we feel is wrong, and let God do the convicting, right? Not you do the condemning. He will. He will. Right. He he should. He he. And look, he'll get people to the point where they sh- should be open for conviction. He deals with hardened hearts. Let's just let God do his job. Mm. That's right. Our job is to love God and love people. Right. Are we? Mm. That's a good question. Well, I'm showing love by calling out their faults. Mm. Are you? God help us all. You know, I've been in that that shoe before. I've been there. Yeah. It's not a pretty picture. It, it looks, it looks. you know, you look more, you try to paint yourself as more righteous and holy, but really... You got your own baggages that you're just trying to deflect from mm. people seeing that just you're pointing to someone else's out. Yep. You know, you got people who, and I hate to say it, but you got people who haven't been in church almost a year, and yet they call people out like they're in sin. Well, how about <laughs> look at yourself? Right. You know what I'm saying? Let's judge ourselves first. Right. Before we judge anybody else. That's what verse 15 says. Yep. You judge according to the flesh. But, but I judge no one. There we go. Wow. So, so what people are doing today, and we're not judging, we're just, what we're doing is we're helping everyone, even ourselves, open our eyes more. Right. We want everybody, for even us, we're talking more about us than anybody else, and I don't know, but we want our eyes open. Exactly. I don't want to look at people and, and evaluate And automatically them. judge them in my mind. Yeah, yeah. because, you know... They've got certain tattoos. And or certain clothes, clothes. Or their hair is not done. Right. Or their teeth aren't kept. Absolutely. Or they don't take baths and they smell. Right. Why are we judging based on that? Why are we judging based on appearance? Why are we judging? We have to get to a point where we don't. And I'm talking to myself too. Right. You know, because everybody has those tendencies. But now we have to become more aware of those tendencies. And, and if we're in the middle of it, we need to catch ourselves and say, you know what? I'm not the judge. I don't know their heart. Jesus knows their heart. Jesus knows who they are. Jesus is the judge. He's mm-hmm. the righteous judge. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is love. And if we love the way he calls us to love, then we will be willing to help our brother and sister in need. Mm. We will be willing to pray for them when they're down. Yep. We will be willing to cheer for them when they're up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got people today who are upset. That be- people succeed. That people right. do succeed. And they get jealous about it. Yeah. Hey, Thank we get God. in that boat sometimes too, though. I, look, it's I, a comparison game sometimes. Yeah, and, and God has to convict us, and he does. Yes, he does. You know, you know, when you get to that self-pity, well, I'm, I'm not no better than they are. I don't, I don't know. You know, that's pity. That's yeah. petty pity. Hmm. And you have to be open to shake it off yeah. and, and, and move And listen, forward. we're both speaking from experience. Absolutely, we We've are. We've both been through that. And it's tough. It is. It's tough because like, the enemy gets your mind yep. focused on something else. Yep. And and we 
get caught up in in thinking and and and, and throwing ourselves a pity party yeah. because we see you know we see our friend off doing that yeah. or we see some uh, buddy that that we know off doing something else and it's just like why am I not there and then and then your mind starts sprang I'm not good enough and does people not like me and it's like what does it matter then if you're you start, doing it for the king what does it matter then you start questioning God's plan for your life because we want somebody else's plan mm. And then we, our plan that we have for us doesn't match up to God's plan, and we get disappointed in God, and we get discouraged because what we envision for ourselves doesn't match up to what God has envisioned for our life. <laughs> but that's why His light, He is the light, right? So His light has to be illuminated to our path so that we can be led the way we need, we must be led. Yep, that's right. That's absolutely, absolutely right. And 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 so. We have to let Jesus do what he's what he's best at doing. And he says, verse 16, even if I do judge, my judgment is mm. true for I for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the father who sent me. Your law is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the father who sent me bears witness about me, meaning Jesus knows who he is. Yeah. And his actions speak for who he claims to be. When someone's confident in God, it makes um, people who are not confident get uh, uncomfortable. Yes, and therefore that, that's a lot of times why they point the finger because yeah. they're not they they can't uh, understand yeah. how you can know and I don't know. How do you know? Right? How can your life measure a certain way and mine don't? I right. don't get it. Yeah. But that's that's what happens. Jesus was confident in who God said he was. Mm-hmm. He knew who he was. Hallelujah. And we need to get to that point where we know who who and whose we Come are. Come on. That's, that's because good. once we get confident in who who yep. and whose we are, yep. then we can then show people the light of Christ. And I don't have to be worried about whether they like me or not. I don't have to be worrying about whether they're gonna judge me or not. They can do whatever they want, but I know who I'm pleasing. I'm pleasing God. Yeah. And I'm doing the works if of my that's father. Your intentions, yeah, you know, true intentions. Excuse me, true intentions. Then you're pleasing the father. So then he he, I mean, he knows. Look, look what he said, verse nineteen. He said they said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answers, you know, neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Mm. You know? and, and that's sad because they're the peak of the religious system. Yeah, they're the high ups, man. So and he's saying you don't know God. <laughs> wow! What a smack! Wait a, in the wait face. a second! Wait a second! You you're telling me you know this, these people have taught that have been taught their whole entire life who God is. Mm. That's the thing they know God in their mind, right? But they don't know Him in their heart, right? There's a that's difference. the head knowledge versus the heart, the heart knowledge. knowledge. Yes. And so we have to get to the point where it comes heart knowledge mm-hmm. instead of head knowledge. Yep. Because you can know about God all you all you want. You can read as many theological textbooks as you can. Yep. You can stuff your brain with as much podcasts and audio books as you as you yep. want to. Yeah. To 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 mentally know God. Yeah. But if your heart is not connected to God's, and 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 your heart is not linked together with His, right? right. And and your heart isn't moved for what God's heart is moved for, then you don't know God. Right. Like the Pharisees. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus said, you guys don't know my father. You don't know who God is. You think you do. You know about God, but you don't truly know him. And 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 what, how does Jesus come to that conclusion? It's by their actions. Their actions don't scream love like Jesus does. 
Jesus, everything about him screamed, I love you. But all these people did was, I condemn you. Which creates, which creates a fear. Yeah. You know, fear mongering, mongering. Yeah. Uh, people to salvation instead of loving them to Jesus. Mm. And that's the way the religious system is today. Yeah. You know, you get people afraid of hell mm. to the point where, you know, they're literally scared of, of, you know, going to hell. And therefore they enter into a relationship with Jesus based on fear rather than love. That And when that happens, they focus more on the laws of what pleases God than the relationship, relationship because of the fear of making sure they don't do anything yeah. wrong. Yeah. Where love, it comes in as... And love is stronger than fear. Yes. Uh, love um, <laughs> motivates you to want to do the right thing, not fear to cause I mean, you to do the right thing. Perfect love casts out fear. Yep, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Good, good, good. yes, that's good. You know, and so... <clears throat> If God is love, which he is, the Bible says, the Bible so. says so, then why do I have to fear? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a fear of God, which is an honoring and respecting of God. But why am I afraid? of God? I don't have to be afraid of him. And the Bible says I can boldly go yes. into the throne of grace and make petitions unto God. He said he's not giving you the spirit of, of fear, fear, but of power, power love, love, and of a sound mind. Sound mind. So it's, a, it's all about love. Mm-hmm. And it's... We cannot win people based on fear. Right. We have to win them based on love. That's just a manipulation And that's why it's stuck back Mm -hmm. in the Bible days because you didn't see the disciples saying, repent before you go to hell and you're going to burn in hell for all eternity. No. They said, come and experience the love of Christ for yourself and you'll see. What a celebration. I mean, a few Sundays ago, we had baptism. Yes. And before we had bad, I mean, we had eight get baptized, wow, yeah. you know, and you had the great opportunity to do that and <laughs> yeah. handed that to you. I normally do the baptism, but, and so. Interestingly fun experience yeah. for the first time. <laughs> right. I was very nervous. Yeah. Cause you, you know, you were nervous. It's different. You've never done it before. But, um, the beauty part of it is we had people in the church that, you know, come to witness their loved ones you know get baptized we had order and we had people receive yeah it's jesus for the you know not maybe maybe for the first time or maybe a rededication yep not really sure exactly where they stood in their personal walk but one thing i do know is they did receive christ and and what a that's the joy we can witness as God's people to win and love people to God and extend that love, be that representation of Jesus yeah. in this world. And, and let me tell you, Jesus preached more about love than he did yes, about hell. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He preached more about the kingdom here yes. than he did about hell. Yes. And I'm telling you, we have to start winning people over with love, love. instead of fear. Yep. And that's what the Pharisees did. Mm-hmm. That's what people back then and people today do now. It's yeah. like, you know, we, we're going to bring them in because we're going to make them so afraid of, of, you know, whereas it's like, why don't we just show them who God is and show them the love of God? So that way they're not, it, it's not based out of fear right. that they honor God and respect God, but it's based out of their love for him. 
that, that if we, listen, if we have a love for God and we share that love we have for God with other people, they would want that same kind of love for God the way you have that love for God. Right. And, it, and that's how you spread that. Because true love does cast out fear. Yeah. And so if there's a true love, then then people will be drawn. Mm. <laughs> you, they will know you are my disciples. By your love. By your love. So as we are loving people and loving God, we are we we become the conduit that can that connects people who don't know God to a God who knows them but wants them to know Him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So we are the in between. Yeah, and and that's the biggest thing. It's like the people in the Old Testament with Mount Sinai, Sinai, they feared God. Yeah. But God wanted them to come up on the mountain and love Him. Right. And know him personally to hear the, the commandments with their own ears, and that's why and that's why it was hard for them to keep the commandments, mm-hmm. and why they had to keep on sacrificing lambs, because they based their relationship with God off of fear, yeah, and not love. But God wanted them to experience the love. He He wanted them to, but they refused, and that's why they told Moses, "You go here for yeah. us." Why do you think Moses's face was glowing? <laughs> you know, because he was embraced with the love of God so much that, that that he just began to shine. He was consumed. Yes, by him. Yes, so much so that people couldn't handle the passion of cons- of the consuming ways. Yes, of God in his life. And see, that's the thing. God is so other. Yeah, he is so unlike anything else. Hallelujah. Mm. And that's just that's just the best thing. But anyways, um, getting back on track here because I know we're running short on time, and I want to finish this section. It says these these words he spoke um, in the treasury as mm. he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. There's that, that there it there is it again. Is. I know you yep. pr- pr- pretty much hear it every now yeah. now on the podcast almost every single episode because yeah. <laughs> um, his hour is getting closer, yeah. but it's not yet. Um, so he said to them again, "I'm going away, and you will seek me." And guess what? You will die in your sin. Wow. Where I'm going, you cannot go. And he's talking to the Pharisees here. You're going to die in your sin, right? He doesn't say sins, plural. He says sin, singular. Because guess what? The root of all sin is unbelief. Mm. They didn't believe him. They did struggle. They struggled with that. They struggled with him being the Messiah. They yep. strugg- Look, he even nailed the nailed it in the coffin so to speak when <laughs> he died on the cross and and the, and then Pilate put the king of kings and lord of lords and they yeah. demanded it taken down yeah because that they that would offended or, them or right right on top he says he is the king yeah. of kings and lord of lords yeah. I mean but here's the thing it's like the, the root of all sin is unbelief in who God is mm. because if we don't see God as love mm-hmm then we're going to sin, right? Because we, 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 we do it out of fear and not out of love and we say God you know um if you love me, right? And so for me, I try to see myself the way God sees me, which is through the lens of love. But if you don't see God as love, then then you're 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 going to die in your unbelief in who God is because that's not really who God is, you know what I'm saying? So he's saying that you're going to die in your sins of unbelief. He says where you're going, you cannot go. Verse 22, the Jews says, will he kill himself? Since he says where I'm going, you cannot go. So they're half right. He's going to die, right? Yeah. But they don't realize that's going to be at their hand yet. And he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that I would die, that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So that's, the, that's that belief again. 
that belief. And so they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Verse 30, And he was saying these things, and many believed him. So he's saying, when you crucify me, when you lift me up, he's not talking about lifting him up. Mm-hmm. He's talking about physically on the cross, lifting yeah. him up on the cross. Yeah. You're going to see that I am he. I am the Messiah. I am the one that's come. I am the son of God. Well, I mean, my mind reverts to John 21. You know, we are not there yet. You know? oh, I can't. I cannot wait to get there. Where... Here's Peter, he's grieved, you know, there's depths of grief, mm. and he's angry, he reverts back to where he was. Yeah. And so, being that he reverts back, here Jesus meets him the, like he met him for the very very first time about... On the river. On the river, and yeah. he's collecting the fish off of the boat. And when Peter realized that was Jesus, they're sitting by the fire, and when he arrived, he's already prepared meal. Yeah. He's already ready for fellowship. You know, and so there's comfort there. And, and so he asked Peter three times, "If Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Yeah. So that love has to be there for the people. That was so crucial for Christ to drill it in his head. Though he denied him by the fire three times, it's by the fire of fellowship. Yeah. See, there's, a, there's, there, there's two fires. There's a fire by trial mm. when we're faced with our crossroads. Yeah. But then there's the fire of fellowship where you sit and you commune with the Father. Mm, yeah. And he speaks in your spirit and your quiet times yeah. as you're waiting on the Lord. And he commands the love from you. Yeah. He encourages it. The same love I have for you, Peter, I want you to love the people. That's right. And so and so I think this is where I mean, wow, I mean, when this prep came in we I I just never imagined we'd end it like this. Yeah, you know, but that's the, the Holy God. Spirit really took it on a different yeah. angle than what I've studied. Yeah, and and I thank God for that because <coughs> whoever may be listening to this podcast today, yeah, it's important how it is we love people, mm. whether they are like you or not like you, whether they go to church or don't go to church, whether they are saved or not saved. We gotta love everybody. That's so good. And, and 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 worry about their soul, pray love yeah. them enough that we we love them to Jesus. Yeah, let God worry about all the other stuff. I mean, that's that. I mean, I I do think that is the point of all. It's because Jesus was talking about with the woman caught in adultery. You know, mm. I don't condemn you. That's love right there. Yeah. You know, with um, you know, when he was talking to the Pharisees, he says, "You guys judge, but I don't judge." That's love. Everything Jesus did was about love. And so what must we? We must be about love. Because the thing about it is, the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Well, then if that's the case, if love covers the multitude, if Jesus looked at the woman caught in adultery and says, you know, 
No one condemns you, neither do I. That's love. So if the love covers the multitude, then we, you know, then we must love them while they're in their sin. Yes. 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 And bring them to Christ. That's right. And let them know the love of the Father in a real, genuine way yeah. that we needs to happen. Yep. We have to do this. That we're right. we're living in a time, day, and age where there's a lot of anger, frustration, heartbreak, judgment, judgment uh, re, re, you know, ready to throw stones. <laughs> mm. But we are not of the world, and we cannot respond in the ways of the world. The ways of the world. Satan brings condemnation. Yeah, that's his. He's that's the his accuser. Goal. Yep, of brethren. And so, so why would Jesus? Right. He, why would we? He unraveled Jesus. What was happening was unraveling their thought process of what they assumed God expected. Yeah, they misunderstood. They mis- totally. And mis- why did they misunderstand? Because they originally didn't go up on the mountain and experience God for themselves. Up. The waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Spending time with the Father. It might be scary and uncomfortable, mm. but spend time with Him. Let him love on you and melt the callous heart that we have to love people. Like the last podcast, Mm. turning the heart of stone into Mm, the heart of Yes. Yes. That's 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 what it's about. It's about love. Because everything Jesus did revolved around his love. And and you know, coming out of the resurrection season, I know this is a couple weeks after, but you know, he died because he loved. He came because he loved. Everything about him was based on love. And if we lack love, then we aren't his. Yeah. If we lack that love for people, then who are we? What what separates us? It's not what we wear. It's not what we have tattooed into our skin. It's not the piercings or the makeup or what we do. It's how we love. Mm. And that's the key. That's what separates us. They will know that you are my disciples by your love. And so we as Christians, in order to walk in the light, we must love. In order to follow the path that Jesus paid for us, we have to do it with love. Because that's what it's all about. And that's what he died for. So that we could be loved by him. And that way we could love other people the way that he loves us we want to thank you for tuning into our podcast today thanks for listening um if you liked what you heard go check us out on facebook mount calvary's um, cog um also uh check out our app mount calvary cog on um uh any app store roku apple tv android apple devices check out our website mountcalvarycog.com um but yeah check us out and we'll see you next week see ya